your number one source for election coverage and analysis. This is Gerard at Large. It is 20 minutes before the hour here on the Gerard at Large radio show, and we're pleased to be in studio with Ward 8 Aldermanic candidate John Cataldo. Brought to us this morning by the Concerned Taxpayers of Manchester. They have endorsed Manchester Mayor Ted Gatsis. They not only liked his answers, they didn't like the fact that his opponent, Joyce Craig, didn't respond to their questionnaire at all. In addition to the mayor, they have endorsed John Cataldo and uh, Jimmy LaHue in Manchester Ward 8. You can see the answers to their questions at ConcernedTaxpayersOfManchester.com. That's ConcernedTaxpayersOfManchester.com. Not only can you see exactly how every candidate answered their survey or didn't answer their survey, like Betsy DeVries and Erica. No, Erica did answer. Erica answered. She might have been better off to not answer because she made the case that aldermen and school board members are full-time and therefore deserving of benefits. So she's in favor of eliminating benefits for part-timers. But she, I, sometimes, uh, anyway, uh, we'll give her credit for answering. And uh, you can see the green, the big green check mark. They didn't endorse in every ward and they didn't endorse in every race, but the green, big green check mark next to their, next to their smiling faces online means they've got the concerned taxpayers of Manchester uh, seal of approval. Learn more at concerned taxpayers of Manchester.com. All right. So John. Uh, we've talked a bit about uh, taxes, so let, let's talk about some specifics, because as an alderman, you will be faced with uh, labor union contracts. They never want less. They're never happy with the same. They always want more. And every labor union will see uh, it either currently has their contract under negotiation because it's expired or will be expiring in the next term. Um, do you have sort of like guidelines that you will use in determining what the terms of a contract should be, or is it still kind of too new for you? Yeah. You know, I, I think Jager Decker had originally been, you know, a well, based system. well-intentioned. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that we can't use that as sort of as, as guidelines anymore. Um, no. We, we've, it's, it's been so, um, so you're in favor of overhauling the city's pay matrix. I am. I would freeze the Yager Decker pay matrix until we found a, a more equitable uh, solution for the taxpayers and, and the employees. Uh, because I think one thing that... Well, that's probably why every city union that's made endorsements in that race has endorsed your opponent, who is a former uh, Manchester firefighter, a big friend of labor, and has refused to say that she would overhaul that pay matrix, which gives people in addition to their cost of living increases and their longevity increases, an automatic three-year pay raise each and every year for the first 13 or 14 years they work for the city. I mean, who gets that? Except the teachers where the average pay raise is 5.5% for 14 years. Yeah, and, and not counting the colas. It's very rare in the private sector that you would see that. No. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they would, I would... Um, yeah, and a healthcare plan built by GM's Cadillac factory. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't. I, I think what's important, and a lot of here you hear a lot of people talk about the negotiations and how it, it, it's got to be negotiated, and I, you know, don't disagree with that. Um, but you got to be starting from um, a more equitable, uh, you know, foundation 
uh, starting starting the negotiations. And um, I, I think when people hear you know, staying within the tax cap, a wall kind of immediately goes up, and they think you know no spending at all or no no pay raises at all. And that's not necessarily the case. Uh, I mean, I think it's it's a matter of um, where is that money going? How's it being spent? And and to whom it, it deserves it in, in that you know in the sense of a merit system. Um, I would I would be in favor of um, you know the the continuing to to look at the cost of living increases uh, year to year. Um, you know when when the city is is in the position to do so, and then also um, designating a certain amount for uh, merit raises that you give to the de- department heads who who should know who do know who know their departments mm-hmm. and um, know their employees and um, could could then dole out um, you know given given that certain amount of money uh, those that merit those merit raises. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess part of the issue, and maybe I could, should clarify my question to try, you know, in all fairness, is is this, um, you know, we are faced constantly with demands for more. We need more guys in the firehouses. We need more guy, more cops on the streets. We need more teachers in the classroom. We need more, 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 more. And while I may or may not argue, we'll just accept the premise that we need more of these people. Period. My question becomes, if you're presented with a situation, see, a, a, a professor of mine taught me years ago, and I, I remember this to this day. He said, you know, politics is nothing more than the allocation of scarce resources among competing demands. So here's Alderman Cataldo, and you have Union X looking for higher pay while also complaining that there are too few of them to really do the job. Do you think it's wise to pay the same people who are already outmanned and outgunned more money to do the job? Or do you think it's wise to say, no, these resources are going to be better spent making sure there are sufficient numbers of you to do the job? Yes. So you go with the latter. I would go with the latter, yes. And and I think that a lot of folks in the unions um, would be would be a good – I mean, well, I don't want to put words in their mouths. But let's – for example, in my in my line of work right now – uh, you know, we're a startup, and there's there's a few of us for the entire brewery, and we wear many hats. Mm-hmm. And um, certainly, I would love to sp- be able to spend my entire day in the lab doing doing just um, you know testing and quality work. Uh, but I ha- we're a team, mm-hmm. and I have to uh, get pulled away to do all sorts of things. Uh, and if if uh, you know my boss came to me and said, "Hey, we're gonna get we're gonna get you some help so that you can do the job that you were hired to do." Uh, more often and and uh, be able to do better quality work in that sense that uh, but we may not be able to give you a pay raise this year i would say that's okay because that's a quality of of work life uh improvement for me right and, I'd and be happy ultimately with that. it adds to the productivity of the, the productivity, company and if the yep. productivity of the company is better then the chances of your pay advancing as the company becomes more financially so th- that's the analogy i use right. yeah all right fair enough so um, you, you mentioned that crime was a close second on people's minds as you go door to door. What are folks saying out there? And what more, if anything, do you think the city can or should be doing as it faces this uh, opioid epidemic? Uh, in terms of crime, I think we, we sort of just touched upon it. I, I think that um, there's a, a personnel crunch on the, on, the, on the police department. I did a ride along, which was a really great experience. Uh, eye-opening 
Um, was Joyce Craig in the passenger seat with you? No. Um, but just, you know. That's her plan. She's going to do ride-alongs. Her plan to combat the opioid crisis. I'm going to keep doing ride-alongs. Yeah. And I'll it, be horrified on a regular basis. Just a, a good a good opportunity to, to affirm what I already knew about the, the um, you know, the police department, which was that they, uh, they, they conduct themselves with uh, professionalism and they're very good at what they do. Uh, but one thing I noticed was uh, when there was a uh, situation in the downtown, which is where I did the detail, um, the ride along, that required multiple police officers to the scene. Um, all of a sudden, you're thinking to yourself, "Well, where, where did those police officers come from?" And right. now, 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 what about those areas of the city that they came from? Where, what's going on yeah. there? Um, yeah, and so. I, I had an experience in my neighborhood where there were literally 10 cruisers in about a, a two-block radius surrounding my neighborhood looking for somebody who had uh, mugged an elderly guy. And I thought, oh, my God, is this the whole shift? Right. What, what's happening in the rest of the city? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that will certainly help. And then you know, as far as the, the, the battling the drug crisis, I think we have to look at the different uh, rehabilitation programs. And, and I don't think that they're um, – safe from evaluation just because they they do um you know the good work of therapy i think that they too need to be looked at and say well here's the ones that are having the most success and maybe we need to put more resources into those that are having better success right call the herd so to speak yeah so uh, okay um now there are some particular uh uh ward issues that are unique to ward eight um i want to ask you about your position on the rezoning on south mammoth road that's something that um you know, we've certainly been outspoken about and, uh, you know, but you've, you've gone door to door. Presumably you've gone through those neighborhoods and the ones surrounding it. Um, a, do you have a position on that rezoning on South Mammoth Road? And, and B, how are the residents of the city's extreme south end taking that decision? Yes, I do have a position and um, the residents are unhappy about it. And I mean, it's not, it shouldn't be surprising based on the uh turnout at the meetings. Oh, I mean, they fought that thing tooth yeah, and nail. Yeah, and, and how passionate they were. And something that I've been trying to get across to everybody in the ward, not just the people um, who are going to be directly affected by that, is just how much of an advocate I will be on their behalf, on the on the board. I will really fight for them. Um, and yeah, Tommy Kay didn't exactly go out of his way. I mean, he did make a couple personal appeals, which I thought were going to be effective with a couple aldermen that they ultimately were not. But, yeah, he, yeah. Uh, he didn't and really lead the charge on that. My biggest issue with that is, uh, with, with the rezoning, is for me, and this comes back to the planning that I want to bring to the board, better planning. What put us in this situation? What necessitated that vote to, to um, provide uh, housing for, you know, what, what, what people say is there's a need for this workforce housing? Uh, and, and I would say that it was a, it was a lack of planning. Uh, when it comes to uh, making, you know, apartments available in the downtown and uh, fixing up a lot of these older buildings. Um, right, well, this whole young professional push, I mean, I, I get it. I understand that they want uh, different kinds of housing, but they tend to want it in places where they can walk to everything like a yes. downtown. Yeah. And, and I have no doubt that they're going to rent these places out. But you know what? My concern is that they're going to be transient. Exactly. People live there for a year or maybe two, and then you'll have people in, and you'll have people out, and you'll have people in, and you'll have people out. And what's the biggest uh, attraction there 
it's a fact it's its proximity to exit five i mean right. people what we need to be doing is encouraging people to plant their roots here um and yeah. to you know st- to steal a line to stay work and play in the city right and, um, and you do that with you do that with single family housing which single, is what that area was zoned for which nobody opposed it being developed and as. and i and i actually spent a lot of time on the phone with um the planning department and uh, the board of Asse- uh, tax assessors office discussing this because I really wanted to know the numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing that an opportunity that was missed, and I know it wasn't the topic uh, on the table, uh, what they were voting on, but if if they voted against it and then say, hey, you know what, let's actually make this more attractive for uh, a single family home builder and increase the density just one notch right. up, that would have been uh, allowed for instead of I think twenty five single family homes. Uh, about 80 f- single-family homes, still with decent-sized lots, similar to the neighborhood I grew up in just down the road in Phillips Glen, and it would have uh, brought in more tax dollars than the apartments will ever um, based right. on you know property values. Right, and even if it came with more kids in the schools— It would have come with less probably. Be, you know. But even if it came with more, you're still, you're still rooting families in the community. Exactly. And that is you know something that— I think more and more we really need to pay attention to and do in this city. I'm not opposed to the schools growing. I think it'd be great if they were, you know, we, but you got to build housing for it. And the other concern I have is, you know, and Mr. Soha, by all accounts, uh, builds a good building and runs a good, uh, you know, runs, you know, manages his uh, apartment units. Well, that's not the issue, but you know, I have, um, right off of Wellington road, Eastern Ave, What's the name of it? Sunset Ridge. I have Sunset Ridge up there. Great big apartment complex that when, th- when the economy hit the tank, uh, decided it was going to go Section 8 housing. And I, you know how I learned about that? Because the principal of Weston Elementary School uh, last year came before the Curriculum and Instruction Committee asking for permission to become a Title I school. And we all went, huh? How'd that happen? She said, well... We went from 17% free and reduced hot lunch to 45 wow. inside of five years after Sunset Ridge went Section 8 and Karatsis Ave, which was all tax credit, low-income tax credit housing, were built. Hmm. So what's to say the economy doesn't hit the skids how many ever years from now and Mr. Soha or whoever may own those units, because he's not going to own them forever, decides that they're going to do something like that. Well, what's yeah. that mean for Green Acres? What's that mean for... You know, you can you can have too many of any one kind of demographic in your community, and whenever you do, that's not good for the community, whether it's low or high. Yeah, and and I, you know, I'm a working class guy. Um, we talked a little bit about the, the the struggles of our generation, student debt, paying a mortgage, things like that. And I, my mortgage is so much less than what those starting rents were going to be or uh, are going to be. I don't know how, why we're encouraging young people to uh, move into houses or rent. Well, see, that's, why, that we, that's level. why we build them three bedroom, allegedly, so they can have roommates to be able to afford yeah. it all. I'm like, really? Come on. I'm not, I wasn't born yesterday. I was a landlord. I know that three bedroom units get you one thing and one thing only, people with kids. <laughs> Anyhow, John, uh, we got to wrap up. So your closing thoughts as you come into election day, which is just this coming Tuesday. How do people get a hold of you? What's your uh, what's your closing statement to the listeners of the Dry Large radio show this morning? Uh, the uh, the election is Tuesday. It's very close. And, uh, you know, just really try to get out and vote. Uh, get you know, get your neighbors out. Spread the word. Um, I, I, I'm going to need all the help I can get. This is my first time running. 
but but a lot of people like that. They they want to see a uh, fresh face, fresh perspective on the board, and so that's certainly what I'm what I'm going to bring, and uh, I'm going to protect your tax dollars. Um, and if you want to get a hold of me, my number is six zero three four nine three nine two zero one. You can email me at Cataldo for Alderman at gmail.com. And you can also find me on uh, Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Cataldo for Alderman. All right, John Cataldo, thanks for coming in early with us here on the Drought Large Radio Show. Thank you. We're going to take a break for traffic, weather, and sports. When we come back, we'll hit the news. Stay with us.